From time to time a perfect red heifer is born in Israel and the Orthodox Jews begin rejoicing. Why is that? What is the significance of a red heifer? What relevance, if any, does it have to end time Bible prophecy and why should Christians be concerned about it? Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My co-host Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest in the studio with us today. She is a wonderful Bible teacher named Jeannie Nigro. She used to live here in the Dallas, Texas area, but she now resides in New York City. Welcome back, Jeannie. We're Thank glad to so have you. Thank you so much. It's wonderful okay. to be here. It's so good to have you on. Thank you. Well, so Jeannie, much. Uh, your website uh, says that the purpose of your ministry is, quote, and I'm quoting here, to empower people to stand strong in these uncertain, turbulent times through a more intimate relationship with God. I would say that's a very relevant ministry. And your latest book, Unshaken, certainly focuses on that mission goal. The subtitle of that book is Standing Strong in Uncertain Times. But I happen to know that there's another aspect to your ministry, and that is for a long time you have been involved with the Messianic Jewish movement because I know that you're a speaker at all their major conferences across this nation. And what I'd like to know is how in the world did you get involved with the Messianic Jewish movement? Well, God has a way. And he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> with me, David, the way was actually my daughter. My daughter was attending a Jewish preschool. We were living in Newport Beach, California at the time. Okay. And she was learning about all the feasts and all of her crafts and preschool or you know, Seder plates and things like that. And I wanted her to learn about Jesus in the feast. So I took her to a Messianic Passover Seder and she knew all the songs and, and she was only about three or four. But anyway, through that, the teaching that I heard at that Messianic Passover Seder, I felt, David, like I was born again, again. Yeah. It just increased my intimacy with Jesus so much and gave me such an appreciation for what he had done for me and how God is in all the details and, and how he had this plan through through everything pointed to Jesus throughout the whole, the entire Old Testament. And so wow. it was just an amazing experience for me. And so from that point on, I started attending a Messianic congregation and then learning about the Torah. And well, here we are. Well, it's a real compliment to you that uh, the Messianic Jewish movement has embraced you the way they have and uh, have you constantly speaking at their conferences because they don't do that much with outsiders. Yeah, it was. It took a little <laughs> while, but I think what I have to offer that's a little bit different yeah. is I always make everything very practical. So, for example, I was teaching on healing strongholds of the heart prior to um, yeah. to attending a Messianic congregation. And when I started studying the book of Leviticus and Numbers, I could see such a relationship yes. between the truths of the Torah and healing and really practical applications. So I can take these complex truths of, of the Torah and make them very practical. And that's what we're going to do today. Well, All right. Nathan, how about us getting into the topic for today? Yes, I would like to hear more about this red heifer. I'm reading through Numbers 19, verses 1 through 10, and it talks about the need of a red heifer. Mm -hmm. You hear it when you read all the yes. Jewish news, like you probably yes. follow the Jewish news, and they're saying, hey, there's we need to get a red heifer. Mm -hmm. Why are the Jews so interested yeah. in getting a what looks like a red cow? Well, it's, it's really tied <laughs> to, for, for me, I like to, uh, the red heifer, I can't speak enough about the red heifer. So you're going to have to time me, but um, because there's personal significance 
for us as believers in um, studying the red heifer, but then there's also very exciting prophetic significance. So okay. when we were talking about why I was teaching at the conferences and so forth, I was sharing that I love to make the Torah very practical. And from what I've learned about the red heifer has made more of a difference in my life. Do you know, every morning I start out my day focusing on the red heifer in my prayer time. And that really? helps me deal with stress and fear and insecurity and everything. <laughs> so it's very, very practical because really the red heifer is a sacrifice and all of, everything you want to know about it is in Numbers 19. And it's a sacrifice that was required because of what is called corpse contamination. And so basically anyone who had ever, um, any time that you had touched a corpse or been in the same place as a corpse or even walked over a grave or anything to do with Death, really. If you, you even could, walked in a hospital where a person died. At you, any time. Yeah. yeah. You uh, become contaminated. Yeah. You Ceremonially become, unclean then. You can't come into the temple. You can't go into God's okay. manifest presence. Well, why is that? Because God is so holy that anything to do with death would burn up. So it's really out of his grace, protection, that um, you couldn't come into his presence and burn up. So the only way that you can become clean and ritually clean, you know, to be able to come into his presence in the temple or tabernacle is through this red heifer purification. And um, what is that, sprinkling with the ashes? So what the they do is they, um, they take the red heifer, and the red heifer was the only sacrifice that was sacrificed outside yes. of the temple, just like Jesus. So it was on the Mount of Olives, and there's amazing detail. The ritual that they have to go through is incredible. Yeah, God himself seemed to give quite a lot of details about all... what was supposed to be done with the sacrifice yeah. of the heifer and then sprinkling and of the ashes. And what does that say about and... who God is? That he's, just, he's so holy, which is something that we've forgotten about in these times. And... Uh, so what is required is a certain way that the priest has to um, slaughter um, the red heifer. And then they take the blood and they sprinkle it toward the tabernacle. And then they burn the red heifer. But within the red heifer, as they're burning it, they put scarlet wool. A lot of references to, you know, our sins made were scarlet, yet they'd be white as snow. And um, cedar wood, which is, has a lot of meaning with the cross and with um, in, being incorruptible. And then also hyssop, which we know has a lot to do with Psalm 51 with purifying and, and hyssop used at Passover. So that's burned within the red heifer. And then the ashes are mixed with pure water, um, living water. And there's a whole story about that that we could share a whole program on, but how they would make sure that you were so, the person the was pure. Yeah. So they would take a little bit of the ashes okay. and with the, um, the, hmm. the pure water and sprinkle the person, the priest would sprinkle the, the person who was unclean on the third day and the seventh day. So it took seven days to be clean okay. to go into the... Um, so these ashes could last a long time. Uh, red heifer could be used for the entire nation of Israel. Yeah. And that's how many um, ashes. And, and what was very, very interesting is that each person who was involved, each priest or each person who was involved in the ceremony, or not, not really ceremony, but in the um, slaughtering and burning, they became unclean. So in the process of making someone clean, they became unclean. Unclean, interesting. And then also for them to even be able to do it, to do even touch the red heifer, to start to be anywhere in the process, they had to be clean. And this is an important point to remember as we start talking about um, prophecy, that the person who is slaughtering the red heifer, who's, who's burning the red heifer and so forth, they have to be ritually clean. Was that necessary then for temple worship? Yes, and so I'm so glad you mentioned that because okay. even, for example, even if they were to build the temple now, or they have a portable uh, mm -hmm. altar in Israel. They, they could probably do it really anywhere, yeah. you know, offer sacrifices, even without being able to build the structure mm -hmm. yet. They still can't offer the sacrifices because 
they're they're ritually unclean oh. because well, all of us have had contact in you know like I said, well, been in a hospital. What have the Jews done for two thousand years without uh, uh, this ashes uh, when they encounter a dead body? What are they? Well, that's why the, when you look at it that way, the entire nation of Israel, well, the entire world, is unclean ritually. Because we've all had contact, we've all walked over an area not even knowing if it's a grave or not, not if anyone's ever been you know, buried there, or we've been in a hospital where people have died, or we've been in a funeral home, or, you know, whatever. I mean, we've been around, <laughs> and it was something that was contaminating as well. So even if you hadn't gone, um, say that I didn't actually go into a room that had a, um, there was a dead body, but you did, and I touched you, I would become unclean because you were contaminating. So it was, but all that to say though, I always go back to what does that say about who God is and how he sees you? Well, the fact that he required all of this ritual and all of these details and everything had to be so perfect and you know, because nothing to do with death could come in his presence, it tells you how holy he is. Mm -hmm. And then it tells you, well, that same God in the form of Jesus that nothing was more defiling than death mm -hmm. and required all of this red heifer, that same God would become a corpse, become defiling, become unclean. Jesus would become unclean, would become a corpse for you. That, that has huh. healed my heart of so many yeah. strongholds of being unwanted. Uh, or When I get up in the morning, I focus on that because I thought, what do I have to fear? What do I have to stress when I'm so wanted I'm, uh, that, the, that God loved me so much? that he desired me so much, intimate relationship with me so much that he would become, just nothing more defiling. I think when we realize how defiling death was, you know, otherwise we get a little bit flippant. Oh, Jesus died for me, but we don't realize how Yeah, we don't wash ourselves after going to a funeral. death or was that he would do that for us. And so, the, yeah. again, as we study the, the uh, Torah and the Old Testament, we get a, such a deeper appreciation for how much Jesus sacrificed mm -hmm. for us and how much, how intensely he desired us. And that brings healing to, we all have, you know, lies we believe about ourselves in our heart and, you know, areas that need healing and so forth. And, and we all need help dealing with the uncertainties of today. And so that helps us to be unshaken, uh, to have that intimacy with God and to, to see how much he loves us. And, and the red heifer really screams that out to me. Well, and something to you too. that you were teaching about symbols in, in your video, which is, great about the red heifer. It's super unique, right? I mean, you can't just go to the farm and pick a red heifer out. They are uber rare, right? Well, there have only been, since Moses, Moses had the first red heifer, uh, nine red heifers since Moses. Nine? In nine. What? In over a thousand years? Five thousand years. That was from Moses to the destruction of the temple. And, and to now, because there hasn't been, there has not been a red heifer since the, the temple. Well, but they really AD. haven't been looking for one because they didn't have a temple. Well, but they've been working to. Yeah, they um, seem to be really interested in, in finding years, one now. It seems to me they've been looking for one, and they've found one, you know, from time to time. But it has to be about two years old, and by that time, it has some hairs that are not. Oh, it has yeah. to what, be what is the detail? Like, what makes it so uber rare? Yeah, you know, well, it has to be. Um, there can be no more than two red hairs. I mean, two red, two Black hairs, hairs right? on it that are not red. Yeah. yeah. So totally it has to be perfect. Um, never been pregnant. Never worked. And you know what? includes work, never even been leaned on. Oh. That would, because if you leaned on the red heifer, that would imply that it was holding you up and <laughs> it did work. So, uh, okay. so oh. it's, um, uh, so there's, and it has to be at least uh, two years old. So the one that was born in um, 
August. There's actually the, the last one that was born that I really think like this is the one was August 28th of 2018 is perfect. But they had to actually for this one uh, bring an embryo from outside of Israel and implant it into a, a, a cow in, um, in yeah, Israel. I've seen pictures born. of the Orthodox with with magnifying glasses. <laughs> Looking <laughs> over. Looking for those two hairs or more than two hairs. Yeah. So they've been genetically yeah. trying to breed it since they can't seem to find them in nature? Can say, well, yeah, they can't bring in uh, livestock into Israel, so they bring in the embryo that way and then okay. implant it into Israel. Well, I want to pause there. here for a moment, and uh, uh, when we come back, I want to take a look at uh, why any of this is relevant to a Christian. Did you know that End Time Bible Prophecy focuses on Israel? And thus, if you want to understand what is going on in the world today and what is going to happen in the immediate future, you need to know what the Bible says about the Jewish people and their nation. Dr. Reagan's book, Israel and Bible Prophecy, Past, Present, and Future, presents a sweeping overview of what the Bible says about Israel and the Jewish people in the end times. The book looks first at four end-time prophecies fulfilled before the beginning of the 20th century, specifically the dispersion of the Jewish people worldwide, their persecution wherever they went, their miraculous preservation, and the desolation of their land. Then Dr. Reagan shifts his attention to the seven prophecies that were fulfilled in whole or in part during the 20th century. The regathering of the Jews to their homeland, the reestablishment of the state of Israel, the revival of the Hebrew language, the reclamation of the land of Israel, the resurgence of the Israeli military, the reoccupation of the city of Jerusalem, and the refocusing of world politics on Israel. Finally, Dr. Reagan concludes the book by focusing on the end-time prophecies yet to be fulfilled among the Jewish people. The book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Just call the number you see on the screen or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. And as a bonus, we will send you a complimentary copy of one of our most popular video albums titled The End-Time Focus on Israel. Both the book and the video can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including shipping. Again, place your order either by calling the number you see on the screen or access our website at lamblion.com. Ask for offer number 820. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion with Jeannie Nigro about the Jewish search for a perfect red heifer. Well, Jeannie, the Jews are all looking for a red heifer. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to Christians? And before you answer that, I want to interject something to help okay. you define your answer. Yes. You made a comment in the first half of this program okay. that really disturbed me, and the comment okay. was the whole world is ceremonially unclean. I'm not because I've been cleansed in the blood of Jesus. I don't think that comment refers to Christians. I'm glad you mentioned that, David, because <laughs> that is important to think about because that is the Jewish perspective, that the entire world is unclean okay. ritually and that I what I actually read was their belief that the red heifer is basically like the salvation of the world huh. will cleanse the entire world that impurity is because of um, you know being passed down from the sins of the, the golden calf at the time of Moses so we, that's the, what I love. I, mean, I talked about a little bit about how this, what the red heifer sacrifice tells us about how God sees us and how we apply that personally. But then I also think it's so critical that we wake up to deception that's going on in Israel. Because what happens is I think sometimes we as believers think, well, whatever Israel 
is doing is good. We need to support Israel and we need to have God's heart for Israel. But that includes not just the land of Israel, but the people of Israel. So we need to have a heart and be aware of how they are being deceived and not be deceived ourselves to support things that are going to uh, cause them to, I believe, follow the Antichrist instead of Yeshua. Well, I'm glad you clarified that because I... uh, I did not know that they thought this applied to Gentiles as well as Jews. I thought this was something they thought only applied to the Jewish people. Well, no one can come into the temple. You know, no one can sacrifice. No one can really have access to God. Oh, I see. Yeah. If they're in that state, and that's an important thing to remember too, is that when we say Yeshua, we think or Jesus, we think of He is the one who brings eternal life. He is the one who brings relationship with God. However, to a Jewish Orthodox person. That's why they want the temple so badly, because they believe the temple is what will bring relationship with God. The temple is what will bring eternal life. The temple solves world problems. The temple Mm. brings peace. So whenever you have the word Yeshua, replace it for temple, and that's what they believe. And you can see then why that would block them from receiving Yeshua, Jesus, as their Messiah. And we shouldn't be supporting something that will block that. Well, I often make the point that God has perfect will and He has a permissive will. His perfect will is everyone be saved. his, uh, that's His perfect will. But His permissive will is He allows those to be lost who don't put their faith in Yeshua as their Messiah. And the same thing is true with the temple. God's perfect will for the Jewish people is that they accept Yeshua as their Messiah. But in His permissive will He's going to allow them to rebuild that temple. But that is in His permissive will. And Christians get so deceived when fundraisers come over here and go to the big churches and raise money from Christians to rebuild the temple. That's exactly right. And this third temple is not going to be a blessed temple. It's going to be the Antichrist temple. That's what I call it. That's where his capital of his religion will be eventually. It's the Antichrist temple. And so when we think about the red heifer, well did you know that there's an association with the red heifer, the tenth red heifer, will accomplish the Messiah according wow. to Rambam. And they follow Rambam who did you know, commentaries on the Talmud and the Mishnah Torah and so forth. He wrote the Mishnah Torah. So we've got to be aware that when we see these things go viral on social media, like the, I've seen the videos of the, um, the portable altar. Yeah. And everyone's like, yay, this means Jesus is coming back. This means the Antichrist is close. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they see pictures of the red heifer being born, people will, you know, it goes viral and people are emailing it and sharing it. And, and Almost saying, like supporting the red heifers right, to bring the yes, second this coming. This means the temple. This means Jesus. No, this means the Antichrist. This <laughs> wow. means okay. deception. So I want to change the name of my ministry from Jeannie Niger Ministries to, to Deception Busters because <laughs> I am ready to bust deception <laughs> because we are being deceived. And then also, yeah. if you think about, you know, our, we are the be lights mm-hmm. to our Jewish mm-hmm. friends and um, to Israel. And so we need to, to wake them up to this deception as well. And, and, and that's an important part of our, our yes. role is to have, when we have God's heart toward Israel, again, it's not just the land of Israel or the state or the nation. Our heart needs to be for the Jewish people. Yes. And if anything is standing in the way of them receiving Jesus as the Messiah, we need to be aware of that and not be supporting it and, and be able to, in a loving way, let them know that, hey, you know, we have had nine red heifers. The fact that this might be the 10th red heifer, when I read that, I, th- I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's happening. You know, the third temple, the Antichrist, the deception. Nothing will stop it, right? No matter what, the Jews will eventually get the red heifer. They will purify mm-hmm. a newly rebuilt yeah. temple. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in fact, this is really interesting to me, and hopefully to you too. You know, as I mentioned earlier in the program, you have to be ritually pure in order to be the, the priest who slaughters and burns the red heifer. Mm-hmm. 
but there's no one that's ritually pure because the only way to be ritually pure is by the ashes of a heifer. Well, there are no ashes, right? So it's, it's really interesting because huh. there's, there's searches going on looking for Moses' ashes because they yeah. believe they'll find them somewhere. Now, I don't know if they'll have a little poster on it that said these are Moses' you know, ashes, but red heifer ashes, but it's like, how are you going to know they're actually the ones? Yeah. But what I, and there's many other things that I could share if I, we had more time, but there's all these different efforts to find a way to kind of get around that. And, and you know what? I think in the end, it's going to be deception again, because one of the ways is Moses was the first one you know, to offer the, um, the red heifer sacrifice that, that God commanded him to do. And so they believe that when the one like Moses comes, that he would have that same authority in a sense, even though he's not ritually pure. So the Messiah is to be the one just like Moses. And then the Messiah brings on the um, 10th red heifer. The Messiah is also associated with building the third temple. So I think that it'll end up um, whoever is um, the Antichrist would, um, they'll be deceived into thinking that will be the person who has the ability to sacrifice the red heifer, even though they're not ritually pure because they are the one like Moses. Well, let's bring this home now to Christians. Um, yes. I learned a long time ago that just about everything in the Old Testament is a symbolic uh, uh, indicator of the Messiah to come and represents the Messiah in some way. Would this be true of the red heifer? Definitely. All right, let's Definitely. talk about that. Yeah. It reminded me of, I love teaching Passover seders, and it reminded me of how, you know, there's so much symbolism to a Passover yes, lamb. And, and the same thing is true, this I was so excited because the same thing is true with the red heifer. Well, you know, it's the only um, sacrifice that was outside of the temple. As All the other sacrifices, was. as Jesus was, is on the, the Mount of Olives. Yeah. We have those three elements that all point to Jesus that, um, that are burned within the red heifer. The cedar, uh, the cedar wood, so many links to the cross and, and the red and the blood. And there's this theme of it's the blood that purifies. It's the blood that purifies. And, and again, with, with Jesus, there's the hyssop, the um, as white as snow, the, the, the scarlet wool. Nothing can change something that's been red, wool, other than a miraculous, yeah. Yeah. divine, we are made white as snow, just like our sins. Nothing can make them white as snow except for Jesus' blood. So there's those you know, you know, aspects of it. And then also the aspect that the one who offered our... Um, offered the red heifer, they be in the process of doing something to make someone clean, they became unclean. It's a, called the paradox of the red heifer. And when I was reading about it, the, um, the Orthodox call it a choke because they feel it's unexplainable. But I said, this is completely explainable. Mm -hmm. In my eyes, I said, this is not a choke. <laughs> this is something that I can clearly see. Jesus is the, is the same paradox in the process of Jesus making All us clean, he became unclean. Yes. He took on so death. So we could be clean. Nothing could be more defiling or contaminating, and he would do that for us. It's amazing that God would, hundreds of years before Christ came, create a symbol that would point to Jesus Christ in such many details. And that helps me today you know, to be unshaken <laughs> because I think this is a God who nothing is a coincidence, no, nothing is a surprise to him. He had the redemptive plan for Jesus laid out from the beginning of time, and he was continually revealing it. He's not a God who hides. Sometimes you think, you know, he won't tell me. Well, he's not a God who hides. He wants to reveal. He wants to draw us into intimacy with him. And so um, that he would, um, you know, have that plan from the beginning. He has a plan for your life, too. You know, we don't always see it. We don't see him working behind the scenes, but just like with you, with, you know, the red heifer and the Passover lamb and everything pointing to Jesus, everything revealing Jesus, it shows me that 
he's into the details, and he's into the details of my life, too. He cares about every single detail of my life. Nothing is insignificant to him or, or coincidence, just like in his word we seek, wow, there's nothing insignificant or coincidence about this red heifer. Not at all. It's revealing something about Jesus. And what kind of a, a God that we have. And then the fact that also, out of his, I think, out of his grace, he commanded this because he didn't, he wanted people to be able to come into his presence without burning up. So he was always providing a way for us to draw near to him. Yeah. And he did that with Jesus and he continues to do that every day in our life. He's a God who desires intimacy with us. And, um, and also, but at the same time, he's a God who requires it in his terms, in his terms. And I think we need to remember that in these days when deception is telling us that there's many ways to God and you know, all is the same as God. And you know, we need to remember, you know, he, we come, he desires intimacy with us and we come in relationship with him, but it's on his terms. The last time He's you were with us, too. you were talking about the temples. <laughs> yes. And you pointed out there's two future temples. One will be the tribulation temple, the other the millennial temple. Yes. The tribulation temple is in God's permissive will. It's not, he wants people to turn to Yeshua, not to a temple. But the, the millennial temple is in God's perfect will. And it's going to be something glorious. And is there any mention of the red heifer in that time? Are you sure you haven't been to my teaching before? Because that's how I usually end it with a, with a PowerPoint of, is there a red heifer in the millennium? So you read my mind if you haven't heard my teaching already. No. But <laughs> So, you know, it doesn't say specifically, because I always go to Ezekiel 40 through 48. You know, that's where you find all the detail about the millennial temple. And it doesn't say red heifer, but it's implied because it talks about people dying in the millennium. Um, it talks about priests teaching the people between the difference between the holy and the common, the difference between the clean right. and the unclean. And that confusing thing about animal sacrifices. Oh, that's a whole other program. Yeah, I've got a whole teach about that. I love to talk about that. Although I have to wear a bulletproof vest sometimes. But anyway, um, so... Um, so it, it implies, obviously, that people are dying. It talks about how long they're going to be living in the millennium. And then it talks about the priests and unclean and the clean and, and the very these parallel scriptures with Leviticus. So there's very much, obviously, an imp implication that there's death. So there would have to, if there's death, then there's corpse contamination. So I think it's, impl it's implied that there would have hmm. to be. Because otherwise, you would not be able to... Um, to come into the manifest presence of God if you had um, exposure to death, if you had that corpse contamination, if you had defilement. So it's not that I would um, have to vote yes, but that's also based on what I teach and uh, my perspectives on why are there sacrifices in the millennium, which you're just going to have to wait until next time. <laughs> so there won't be a red heifer sacrifice in the millennium, but maybe to institute the temple. There might be. There might okay. be. Yeah, yeah well, we, we know for sure that uh, Things are going to be a little bit different with the Millennial Temple because it doesn't mention all the feasts that. that Some uh, of the feasts. And it um, does not uh, mention there's going to be no Ark of the Covenant. Right, we talked uh, about that last time. Because Jesus has fulfilled it. And you're right. And I think it's important um, when we think about, I and mean, we're not going to go into all the detail, obviously, but when we think about sacrifices or why there might be a red heifer or why not in the, in the Millennial and the Millennial Temple, the key is remembering that we will have spiritual bodies in the Millennium. But there will be others that um, that are having children that are you know that are immortal, fleshly bodies. body. We'll have glorified <laughs> bodies, but there will be a population of people who will have the same you know, flesh well, we have now. Our time is almost up, and I'd like for you to look at that camera right in front of you and tell people how you can how they can get in touch with your ministry. Okay. Well, you, the best way to get in touch with our ministry is through our website, 
and that's genienigro.com. And there you'll be able to find our um, book on Shaken and the CDs on the Red Heifer and Millennium and Biblical Feasts, lots of other things, Healing Strongholds, as well as uh, blogs and other um, information that will be really helpful to you to stay unshaken no matter what's going on in your life or in this world. Well, Jeannie, thanks for being with us. And uh, may the Lord continue to bless you, your family, and your ministry. May He magnify your voice. Well, folks, that's our program for today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. It certainly has been to Nathan and I. And we hope you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Lamb and Lion Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus' soon return. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 